Hello, and welcome to Lopes on Movies. My name is Joey Lopes, and today I am joined by Kyle. Sup, guys? <laughs> and uh, Connor. Hi. <laughs> What's with that introduction, Kyle? You're very enthusiastic. Because skateboarders today. <laughs> is that how skateboarders talk? Maybe like, maybe when Tony Hawk Pro Skater came out. <laughs> I don't think they talk like that anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know for sure. I'm, I haven't really kept up with the culture. Um, yeah. But maybe maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. Um, <laughs> I think skateboarders would be offended by that, Kyle. Uh-oh. What, because he said sup? Because <laughs> he said it with, like, the way he, the inflection you said it with is offensive. I would be offended if I was a skateboarder. Well, I, I would. This is a bad start. <laughs> I'm offended for them right now. All right, all right. Guys, like I said, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Everybody, the reason why we're, we're talking about skateboarding is because today's episode is about a film that we actually talked a little bit about a couple months ago. Um, if you remember, there was this movie about the Tony Hawk Pro Skater video game series that I heard about, and I ended up getting in touch with the producer of the movie and one of the producers of the Tony Hawk video game franchise in general, Ralph D'Amato, and we got to interview him on this show, which was a really, really great time, really amazing experience. Those games were a huge part of my childhood growing up, some of my favorite games growing up, and you know, getting to hear from somebody who actually worked on them, and, and you learn a little bit about this movie that was supposed to come out. Super exciting, one of the, my favorite things that we've ever done on this show. The movie is finally out. It's called Pretending I'm a Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story. It was directed by Ludwig Gurr, and stars many of the people from the game, some of the biggest names in skateboarding. You know, you got Tony Hawk, you got Rodney Mullen, you got Bob Burnquist. You know, oh yeah. Like it, it's it's a it's a who's who. Hey, don't forget it's about Chad Muska. Chad Muska, of course, of course. You know, and and to me, it's like all these names are just names I remember from the video games. You know? Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's like know, it, it's but but it's interesting, and I think that's sort of why this this movie exists in the first place, which is that. The, the video game Tony Hawk's Pro Skater actually had a tremendous effect on the sport of skateboarding itself, which I don't think, that seems unique to me. I don't know if there's ever been a situation where like a video game version of something ended up directly affecting the popularity of the thing it was based on in like a very significant way. So mm -hmm. that that's sort of the the, the unique angle that this the story takes and why it was sort of worth worth making so i've been excited for this one for a while um i've been very interested in this whole tony hawk pro skater story for for quite a while and of course getting to talk to ralph diamato the producer um was you know just made me more excited and more interested in this series so it was it was really a great time getting to watch this for the first time so what did you, what did you guys think about pretending i'm a superman i really liked this movie it brought me back to the good old days of uh, Tony Hawk and these skateboarders that I remember. And I thought it was pretty interesting, too. There's a lot of like, little things I didn't know about, and I had no idea that Tony Hawk was so involved in the creation of these games. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that... Uh, that I think the, uh, one of the, the reasons why the game ended up being as successful as it was was that the, the developers knew, like, okay, we don't know anything about skateboarding, so mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we learn from somebody that does and it just so happened that you know you get tony hawk on board to get his name but he was a perfect person to to give them the rundown of like what is oh, skateboarding yeah. what is 
what is what is all this about and how can they portray the culture in a way that seems honest to it and not just like you know a bunch of guys got you know the 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 thing from a, a company above them telling them, hey, make, you know, a skateboarding game, and then they just did it, you know, whatever. Um, and I think that that's a, a huge reason why the game was successful and, and so interesting is that it kind of gave you a window into that culture beyond just being a really fun game to play. And mm-hmm. Tony Hawk was definitely a big part of that, for sure. Yeah, which was also cool that, that Tony Hawk was, was a gamer also. So he had, yeah. he like uniquely had he was like the perfect person for this. Not only did he have the star power, but he, he actually knew everything about all the skate games that existed mm-hmm. like previously. And he knew like what would feel right mm-hmm. to do. And then he, it, it really was interesting. And there's, it's, it's more than just the video game. I think you get a pretty good sense of what skate culture was like when it, from its early beginnings, I guess as far back as like the seventies is where they go. Mm-hmm. And then how, it had it. It's kind of where it was hot, where it was like really high and popular, getting there, and then it just kind of like faded away, mm-hmm. and then it goes back up and then fades away, and then the style changes from like the vert skaters to like more of the street skaters. So it does a good job showing that, also not just the game. And then mm-hmm. there's also some some surprise cameos that uh, I thought were kind of fun, particularly Walter Day. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I laughed out loud when I saw Walter Day. If you're not aware of who Walter Day is, he's the uh, I guess I don't know if he's the owner or just the, the guy in charge of Twin Galaxies, which is I think the he's one like the higher up. Yeah, or yeah, and, and that's the if famously Twin Galaxies was profiled in the movie The King of Kong. If you've ever <laughs> seen The King of Kong, uh, with uh, the the epic battle between Steve Wiebe and Billy Mitchell over the Donkey Kong world record, apparently Twin Galaxies had done some tournaments for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two, which were some of the most popular tournaments they had ever run. So that was uh, that was the big, the big reason why he was there, but yeah, I, I agree. There was some interesting interesting characters that you get to hear from, but of course, the majority of the interviews are with skateboarders and a handful of the developers from NeverSoft, which was the company that developed the game. And yeah, you're gonna get perspective from mostly those guys. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that I, that was also really cool about it was, and Joe, you talked about it in when you interviewed uh, Ralph D'Amato. Also, is the the music. Mm-hmm. in the tony hawk games and how iconic it was of course and they actually were able to get like a like a couple of the musicians who provided some of the iconic songs mm-hmm. like the guy from uh, goldfinger who, what, what is his name oh yeah Feld, feldman i don't know his name <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i think it, i think it's john, I just, I think I just it's, superman i think it's john feldman but he even said how like his band was was doing okay they were opening for other artists and then like when like they played Superman, which is the song, you know, the, the line in the song, pretending, pretending I'm the Superman is the title of the, this documentary. Like, people mm. went nuts, and then it, like, elevated them to a whole nother level. Yeah, because uh, that song is, is definitely iconic and in, in some ways represents a... Most people kind of think of it as, like, a theme song for the Tony Hawk games because it, yeah. it just has that much of a, an association with the Tony Hawk franchise. Like, that was the song in the first game. Yeah. Like, that's the one everyone wanted to listen to. Yeah, for sure. But I think, like, the, the music is such an integral part of these games, so it's a really good thing that the movie talked about that a little bit, because I think mm-hmm. beyond, like, skateboarding, I think these these games had a very large impact on people's musical tastes. Um, I, oh, yeah. I know many people who say, like, oh, yeah, like, my my entire feelings on music and my taste in music was formed by playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. 
you know, like hearing the the punk music in in the Tony Hawk games, and just and eventually they had a very like eclectic mix of songs in in the Tony Hawk games. Um, so it, definitely a a huge factor in the game's success, and a huge factor in what makes them kind of enduringly popular. And which which mm-hmm. actually reminds me, it's kind of interesting that this movie is coming out at this moment because it was only like last month, I think, or, or very recently that they announced a complete remake of the first two Tony Hawk games, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Yep. Um, these new remakes seem to be very faithful to the originals in a, in a lot of very key ways. And I've heard... They n- even have, like, I think a lot of the same music. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think there was only like a handful of songs they couldn't get the licenses to, which is yeah. pretty surprising because I have to imagine that's, that is a copyright nightmare. Oh, yeah. I, m- music's like the biggest problem with these games yeah. is that in five years they might lose the copyright on yeah. all those and the game will just disappear which is why i always thought like oh you know those the reason we probably haven't gotten like a tony hawk pro skater hd collection you know like re-release is because oh my god there's like mountain dew ads in these games <laughs> and then you know there's so many like so many songs from so many popular yeah. artists like tony hawk pro skater 4 had acdc in it like i can't imagine that deal oh was yeah, easy to get that, that that's out the that window. must have been expensive um so it, it is it is pretty nice to to hear that the 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 music is mostly preserved which is great mm-hmm. one only one other thing too like especially in the later versions of the game remember when like these games were famous for, and this was like a big thing in video games at that time for the cheat codes or oh, like yeah. the unlockable <laughs> things remember you could play i remember as boba fett on a skateboard yeah. in one of the versions yeah, yeah, like was, i can't yeah. imagine like disney is going to be you know like oh yeah. yeah sure you can use boba fett in your uh that's a good point game. actually yeah no like, you know it was the wild west back then man like when you made these video games like I, th- I think movie studios still didn't really understand video games that much so like they would say yeah sure put spider-man in the game whatever <laughs> we don't right. care but nowadays like you know spider-man is like one of the biggest game franchises now because yeah. of sony getting the spider-man license and the insomniac game spider-man game that just came out so like that that's definitely a no-go you're not going to see a remaster of you know whatever game spider-man was in i think it was the third one uh, no darth mm-hmm. maul was in the third one actually that was the that was another star wars yeah, d- d- none of this stuff could fly <laughs> today it just it yeah. just can't happen yeah which is really a shame really a shame yeah it is but uh that that was you know, just some of the, the the quirky fun of the the Tony Hawk game. But kind of like going back to the movie, I think one of the the thing a, a takeaway that I enjoyed towards the end of the movie was uh, a the discussion of how the sport of skateboarding evolved as a result of the games. Because if you play the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, you're not getting an accurate portrayal of skateboarding, right? You're getting an ap- an accurate portrayal of like the culture of skateboarding and like the the trick names are mostly right and like. You know, it definitely gets you in that place, but like the things you're capable of doing in the game, you know, you you can defy the laws of physics and do the craziest, <laughs> yeah. craziest combos, craziest tricks, get the craziest air, like it's insane, right? But what's interesting is that a lot of the the older guys that are interviewed notice, like, yeah, you know, like I'll I'll be watching you know Instagram clips of skateboarders and the stuff that they're doing is like straight out of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. You know, because mm-hmm. the, these kids grew up playing these games, right? And, you know, if they weren't skateboarders before, they don't know what's possible and what's not. So to them, they see a crazy thing in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and say, hey, maybe I can do that, right? And then it just, like, it pushes the level of skateboarding so incredibly far because these things that the, um, 
the older guys just thought, oh yeah, there's no way that's physically possible. It's way too hard. The young guys, like they have a reference for it. Like it's from the video game. So it's not a real reference, but they still kind of have a sense in their head. Like, you know, maybe I could do that. So they're, they're doing like the craziest stuff now. Like the, the level of skateboarding is undoubtedly probably been pushed to a insane, insane place just because of these games, like kind of demonstrating to people like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe this insane run that shouldn't be possible could actually be possible. Like the 900, for example, like that's such an iconic thing, but like people have like blown way past the 900 and doing way more spins in, uh, in, in real life now. And a lot of that's been motivated by, by playing the game for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. Now, I thought it was that was a cool part. Also, how the nine hundred kind of also the the hype around that, like they they t- they cover in the mm-hmm. in the release of the game, also, and how they kind of like threw that in like right at the end. Yeah, like when they were in development, which was kind of cool. It it really this is like a pretty cool it, like Tony Hawk. Everybody kind of knew that Tony Hawk was cool, but he he's you because you remember you, they interview a lot of skateboarders, and Tony Hawk comes off as the kind of guy that kind of transcended a lot of culture like he could kind of fit in with like any kind of crowd like he fit in with the skaters and he also could like translate to like the programmers and stuff and mm-hmm. like i thought those parts are pretty cool where tony is explaining how he had to really tell these uh these developers exactly what skateboarding was and like all the tricks and how it worked and what would mm-hmm. make sense and what wouldn't which was uh which is pretty mm-hmm. cool and then you even have some skaters that, are, that there there was like a tension between is the, is this selling out or not you know like mm-hmm. and there was a lot of that at the beginning where it's it like skateboarding had the culture of of it, it's like we're we're not accepted in certain other places but we just do this cuz we love it and then mm-hmm. once you start to like branch out or like get advertising revenue and whatnot you're you know the, even the X Games was even considered a bit of like a sellout kind of thing at the beginning but Tony Hawk yeah. was able to kind of transcend that and you know a lot of that was the was the game and then all these skaters kind of got involved in it too mm-hmm. who are now all like iconic like i can't believe i know who bob bernquist is and stuff like <laughs> i, I it, it's it, it, like you know it's funny like when they're showing like all they, they, the intro is just cool enough where they where they just show all the skaters in that are in the film you're like oh i know all these guys yeah <laughs> but you don't really you just know them because you played as them in the mm-hmm. game like which is kind of fun yeah i love the uh to, to them too it was such a strange bit of like wow i'm famous now you know because mm-hmm. when i first played these games like I, I would see these names in the game, right? And I've just assumed that these guys are just, you know, household names. You know, they're, they're just people that everybody knows from the skateboarding world. But the thing I, di- I, I didn't perceive, just because I was too young to understand at the time, is, like, the skateboarding world was not particularly well-known before this game. So, like, these guys, they may have been, like, big names in skateboarding, but they were not big names to the general public. They were just, you know, the great skateboarders, but skateboarding wasn't super popular. But then this game comes out and suddenly these guys are getting recognized everywhere. You know, they, they became famous because of the game, not because of the thing that they, they did, right? Yeah. That, that to me is so fascinating. And one of the reasons why I think this story is, is so worth telling, because I, I can't think of a video game having such a direct effect on, like, the, the thing it's based on. That's it's such a strange, like... A, a strange situation like kyle can you think of like anything else that's that's even remotely similar no like not at all like most games kind of just like at least like you know based on real life stuff kind of just follow with the trend mm-hmm. but this really just yeah it just opened up everyone's eyes to skateboarding it almost created and it's the really trend, yeah 
Yeah, yeah. There's really nothing else like this, at least not that I can think of. And funnily enough, the the documentary actually kind of it, it digs into like a, a small period in, of like Activision's history, where like you know the the game was like an Activision is the company that published the game. Um, they, they they this game was super successful, and they were like, oh man, we gotta keep making more extreme sports games. You know, they mm-hmm. they made like a pro BMX game, they made like snowboarding games and all that stuff, and and so they had this entire like line of extreme sports games based on like the the idea of the Tony Hawk games but none of them have made even remotely a dent in no. culture like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater did right it, it just it was a perfect storm of like culture and and timing that made yeah. this this game and the series stand out but beyond that it's it's the, the game itself is just so good you know like that was the thing and Tony Hawk even mentions it one time in the video where like, you know, they were pitching the idea of doing a skateboarding game to a bunch of different studios, just, you know, seeing what would fit. And they actually had one with Rockstar and they were making like a super technical, like, oh, this is how skateboarders really skate kind Mm -hmm. of game. And Tony Hawk was like, no, (laughs) like people don't want to play a realistic skateboarding game. Well, now they do. But back then it's like, no, just make it fun. Just make the guy, you know, jump 50 feet into the air and do like 10 kickflips. Yeah, I thought it was, which that was really funny. Yeah, and that's what resonated with me with the games, because it's like, it's just fun. I didn't know anything about skateboarding, but it's a fun game, and that's what matters most in these situations. Yeah, definitely. I think the uh, the that Rockstar game, I guess, was a bit ahead of its time, because <laughs> yeah. uh, nowadays, and, and this is also a little bit talked about in the movie, there's a competing franchise for the uh, the skateboarding world in video games, the Skate franchise, which yeah. has uh, almost exactly what... From from what I understand, anyway, I never really played the skate games in a significant degree, but it has the same quality as that original Rockstar like prototype, where yeah. the, the the controls are difficult and it's almost more accurate to real life skateboarding than the Tony Hawk games are. And I guess like it it took the Tony Hawk games taking the concept of skateboarding and simplifying it to something that anybody could play and pick up and and have fun with to like yeah. get people familiar enough with skateboarding to want to tolerate a game that was a little bit more technical, a little bit tougher to, uh, to get a grasp on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, but, but yeah, that, that, that was actually a big part of the decline of the series, too, is that when Skate came out, they say, you know, it split the market. Now we have these two competing yeah. games that are both trying to be like the skateboarding series and video games. And uh, really, both of them in, in a, largely had a huge decline, you know? Yeah. Like it's only recently that the Skate games were announced like they're making a new one. And the same is true for Tony Hawk. Like this, this the series was completely dead for a while, and uh, you know, I, I think it's it's interesting. No, like, no, nothing perfect can last forever, you know. And I feel like this, uh, this, this documentary does a pretty decent job, kind of charting what made the first game so special and what made them stand out so much, and then what made the series eventually just kind of fizzle out. I guess. Yeah. If I can go into this point, so it's. Definitely, the documentary is definitely not made for just gamers or people who played the game. It, it this game this the documentary is really for for skaters or just people who remember the culture around it and mm-hmm. the game because it 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 doesn't really cover the game that much in depth. Mm-hmm. Like because the, the, the things that were so cool about the Tony Hawk games because we played through them all is how they and they touched on this a little bit, but I I would have liked to have seen this a little bit more which is hearing from the developers mm-hmm. where they, they kept kind of reinventing themselves every, every time a game came out mm-hmm. and they kept adding these mechanics that kind of like became 
so mainstream in video games even today like the the kind of customization you could do in the tony hawk games as you as they got further and further along just mm -hmm. became the standard in like every game mm -hmm. and that at least for me that was come some of the first that i saw of that where oh yeah you could make your own levels or you could make your at, at you could make your own challenges and mm -hmm. eventually at the end and not and all i mean of course you could make your own person too in in the world which is which is cool i guess the uh the the real like crux of it is that i think watching this documentary has it, it definitely like i think everything in the documentary is like a lot of fun and nostalgic and some of it's very interesting but it just makes you want to know more i think because mm -hmm. there's there's so many avenues you could take this with interesting stories that might be a little bit more niche than what the documentary provides itself which i think is a very like a very palatable experience for anybody even people unfamiliar with the games i think they'll they'll get something out of this but there's so many ways you could dig deeper and, and find more interesting stories. Like, like you said, kind of like going into the minds of the developers where it's like, okay, we're, we're doing a, a yearly release of sequels for this franchise. How can we continue to iterate on it and make it something that continues to be interesting and continues to be like worthwhile? And I think that actually is a really worthwhile story, like just thinking in terms of the, the new games, the remakes, because even though they're remaking Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, they're including mechanics from the later games because those mechanics are so ingrained in people's minds as like the perfect Tony Hawk game mechanics, right? Mm -hmm. So even though those first two games had a bigger impact on the culture, they're not the games that really perfected the formula. So there's a story there too, I think, just maybe one a little bit more like mind, more geared towards the, the, the super video game focused like minds of uh, of the of watching this this really really focuses on what this game meant for the sport of skateboarding more so than what this game was on its own yeah i think that's a really good way to describe it 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 really because they and they they do a lot of interviews with all sorts of people skate well mostly skaters but some some famous some not so famous at all that just talked about the impact that the game had on them themselves personally mm -hmm. You know, like if they were inspired to get into skating because of the game and playing it, or they, you know, now competing competitions because of the game. And they made it, it kind of shattered that, uh, that underground persona of skate skating and tried to make it more mainstream. Like it, it, it really focused on like the, the experiences of the skaters too. It's very skater centric mm -hmm. for a lot of it too. For sure. Interviews wise. Yeah. Yeah. That's who they mostly talked to throughout the movie. I think one of the other things I wouldn't have minded hearing a little bit more about, but again, maybe this is more niche, but then again, maybe not because, you know, we're living in a world nowadays where like esports is a huge, a huge growing thing that people are starting to become very aware of. I would have loved to have heard from the existing community of Tony Hawk players because it does exist. Like it's, it's a sort of underground community, not unlike skateboarding itself, I might say. How poetic. <laughs> um, that that community is more underground than skating ever was. <laughs> but if you if you look this up, there there is a, a very like dedicated community of players that have kept these games alive online. And um, there's, there's like a mod of Tony Hawk's Underground Two for the PC called like Thug Pro that like includes levels from like all of the different games and like like custom levels that people just made themselves. And people play this game to this day. Like it's a it's a huge game. So I played every once in a while. Yeah, like it's it's super fun. It's 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 a great experience, and it, it's it purely exists because of the fandom that has you know been created from the love of this game. 
So I would love to hear from some of those people who like really took this game to the next level. Because I mean, if you go on like YouTube and search like, you know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Insane Combo or something, you're gonna, you're gonna find some wild stuff, like like unbelievable technical abilities at, uh, of these games. Um, so it would have been cool to, to hear from them a little bit too, and and kind of getting the sense for like the people who who not only took skateboarding more seriously after the, the, the games came out, but took the games themselves very seriously and tried to, to maximize their abilities in them. But, you know, that's, again, you know, that, that's just another avenue and maybe, maybe a little bit beyond the scope for this project, which I think really does a good job focusing on, I think, the most mainstream element, which is, like, skateboarding was a, a slightly underground, not super popular thing, and Tony Hawk and this game brought it to a level of cultural understanding that I don't think anybody ever, like, any, any skater could have possibly imagined that skateboarding would ever have, you know? Oh, I got something to add. Oh. I never knew about them. I knew I've heard about them. But Rodney Mullen is the chillest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, everybody says that. Everybody says Rodney Mullen is, like, so awesome. He's just like so low key. Yeah. It's the, it's the best. He's got, a, he's got a really a really good vibe for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he seems so thankful too. It was so. It was. Oh like, yeah. It was really cool. It was really nice. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for for listening to this episode of Lopes on Movies. I would highly recommend you check out our show on Spotify now. It is actually available Ooh. on you know streaming services. Um, I would also and Apple uh, Podcast and Stitcher and uh, everything else wherever you get your your podcasts and stuff you know that's that's where you look at it you can also follow our Instagram account which Connor has put in a tremendous amount of effort getting to a a place of uh, of, of you know quality I guess yeah which is taking <laughs> Kyle's excellently made uh, graphics that he makes for our show and and putting them on there and making oh, some of my yeah. own memes you know yeah it's it's fun just a great time just a great time. Um, and also, you know, you can follow us on YouTube at Lopes on Movies and all that stuff. But really, like, definitely check out the interview that I did with Ralph D'Amato, the producer of, of this movie. And definitely check out the movie, because I think you'll get a, uh, especially if, if you were around playing those games growing up or, or remember them in any sense, this will definitely be a wonderful trip down memory lane. And at least personally, I, I can't wait to play those those remasters and get to experience it again for the first time. 